0: You're listening to the Best in Wealth podcast, episode number sixty-five. This is the Best in Wealth podcast—a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing, so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should do. Hey, hey, hey. Hello, everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people, guess what? That's you, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor. Today's episode, the 2016 Stock Market Review. Hey, maybe this doesn't sound great to you, but I really think we need to take a little bit of a dive into what happened in 2016. And we're going to at least look a little bit at the fourth quarter of 2016 as well. But before I get into the topic, I feel like I was complaining to you last week, complaining because I was sick. I had the flu. I had a cold. I had a whole bunch of that Wisconsin freezing cold sickness. Up upon me. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to need to complain again to you, and the reason I'm doing this is number one, well, you can't do anything about it because I have the microphone. And number two, I'm not getting any sympathy from my wife, so I need to get some sympathy from someone, and I'm hoping it's going to be you. For those of you who don't know how old I am, I'm 45 years old, I'll be 46 in April. And I was a little bit of an athlete growing up. I played high school f- sports, a little bit of uh, college football as well. But I was always into basketball. And But I haven't been in a league, a serious basketball league, a men's league, in a long time. And about a month and a half ago, one of my buddies Signed me up and a bunch of other dads in the neighborhood up for a basketball league. And every single Wednesday, I managed to make an excuse not to be there. Either because I had a a meeting or my wife was working late. Uh, My latest excuse is I didn't have basketball shoes. Because you can't play basketball in old running Uh, sneakers because you just slide all over the floor well I was running out of excuses and I and I went down uh, to the shoe store this past week and found some basketball shoes and basketball shoes they're not they're not cheap and I am cheap I mean I'm frugal but I found a pair for 75% off And this pair, I mean, it was a good pair of shoes. They started out very expensive. I I wondered why they were even on the shelf. And then I got to playing the game. And, you know, I can only last three, four minutes on the court because I'm not in shape right now. But it was early in the second half. And when I'm playing basketball, for some reason, I just feel like I have to give it everything I have. Kind of like I'm 18 again in high school playing basketball, trying to play like an 18 year old in a 45 year old body not a good way to play basketball and a little bit into the second half I blew my ankle out really really bad and I was just agonizing last night I couldn't even sleep I watched reruns of Seinfeld all night long as my ankle started ballooning more and more and I thought my wife, she came out in the middle of the night, I think wondering where I was, tried to get some sympathy. It didn't work because she looked at me like, I told you so, because she knew that by me going to play basketball, there was a good chance I was going to get hurt, and I did. And it still hurts, so I want you to feel a little bit bad for me. All right, enough of the sympathy. Let's get to the topic of the day. 2016 stock market review. Let's go over it a little bit, but before we do, you know, because 2016, it was a good year for the stock market. And how good is it? Well, we're gonna take a look at a little bit. Before we do, let's just get into the fourth quarter because the fourth quarter was was kind of crazy. Started out slow. And then we had the new president elected. And I don't know if this had anything to do with the new president or not, but the stock market in the U.S. anyway kept going up. But what people need to remember is their particular portfolio may not have been going up as much as they were seeing on tv if you live in the u.s about the stock market going up almost every day the u.s stock market was up in the fourth quarter 4.21 percent, but all and that's compared to an average return since 2001 of 1.8 percent per month so that was a lot well over the average double the average but other major asset classes like international developed they were down for the quarter emerging markets down for the quarter global real estate down for the quarter and all bonds down for the quarter so all the other asset classes were down so while it looked like your portfolio although if it was all in the u.s and all in stocks it did very well but if you were diversified it didn't quite look like that And in the U.S. in the fourth quarter, because, you know, I'm always looking for the premiums in these different segments, the U.S., the emerging markets, and the developed countries. And I'm looking for how did value do versus growth and how did small cap do to large cap. Well, there was a huge premium in the small cap value category where the the overall market up 4.21%. Small cap value was up over 14%. Crazy compared to, you know, small cap growth only up 3.57, lagged the overall market. In international developed markets, I said the overall market was down. But if you look at the value premium in international developed, that was up almost 5%. But here's the deal, and we're going to get to the, the overall U.S. 2016, because that's, that's a little more interesting. But in both the international and developed markets, do you want to know why the markets did so poorly? It's not that the stock markets themselves and the countries did bad. It was the dollar got so strong. And when we invest, for most of us anyway, into foreign markets, we always have to convert that foreign money to the US currency to come up with our total return. So, when I said that the overall market was down for international um, large cap, down 0.36% for the quarter, the actual market was up 6.91. But when we converted back because the dollar was so strong against all these other currencies, we looked negative. It was even more predominant in the emerging markets. Emerging markets in the fourth quarter large cap up almost 10%, but as a portfolio down 4%, a huge gap. But you will, you know, that's all part of currency diversification because the other foot's going to drop at some point and some of these other currencies will gain momentum versus the US dollar. So when you have a flat emerging markets for a quarter, maybe it's flat, maybe down 1%, but converted back might be up, you know, four, five, 10, 15%. You never know. All right, that's the Just a couple of high-level things about the fourth quarter. But what I really want to do is spend more time on how did we do overall in 2016? Most of you got your year-end statements from your brokers or your financial advisors or your 401k statements. And hopefully it's showing you what your overall return was for the year. In a good financial advisor, if you get your brokerage statement, you'll get another statement from them that will outline all of that. And your 401ks do a good job of that as well. So how did the overall market do in 2016? Let's look at the U.S. first, then the then the developed countries, and then emerging markets. So market-wide, including dividends the U.S. stocks did 12.74%. Okay, that's a market cap weight of the, you know, three to 4,000 publicly traded companies in the United States. Large cap now, kind of like the S&P 500, did a little over 12%. So market-wide did a little bit better than large cap. Why? Because when we look at these premiums, the value premium and the small versus large cap premium, what do we see? I already told you small cap value did tremendous in the fourth quarter. And they ended up the year then up, get this, small cap value, 31.74%. Wow, that's a lot, baby. That is a lot. I'm sure hope you captured in some way the small cap premium or the small cap value premium this past year. Because it's not always like that. Like I always say, it's not like small and value always beat large and growth. That's not the case at all. It's just when we look at history and when we are buy and hold investors and we hold our portfolio for a long period of time, we see that in the long run, small beats large and value beats growth. But on any given year or any given three or five year period, the opposite could exist. And I do want to tell you real quick that I have both of these reports listed in the podcast at bestinwealth.com. So you can click on the reports and view them all because I'm just giving you some high level. The other thing is... These returns that, I, that, that I'm giving you, they're just the indexes, okay? So these are the benchmarks that you can use to compare with your returns that you have. So if you're in a small cap fund and you're 401k, and I just pointed out that the small cap value index did over 31%, how did your small cap fund do? Did it do over 31%? If it did, you beat the market because that's the market. If it didn't, you're probably either in a high-cost fund or you're in an actively managed fund where most actively managed mutual fund managers don't beat the overall market. And lastly, you're probably not in dimensional funds if you're not seeing these type of returns, which is Dimensional Fund Advisors, my favorite mutual fund company. And I'm not giving you dimensional returns either. I'm just giving you the indexes, but you can compare all of this. All right, in the US too, how did large cap value do? Well, if large cap did 12.05%, compare that to large cap value, 17.34%. Nice small cap premium and value premium this year in the U.S. Again you don't see it every year. In fact if you look back 10 years value hasn't done great over growth and neither has small over large since the S&P 500 has done so well these past few years compared to some of these other asset classes. But all that means baby is we got to hold on because good things are coming and usually we revert back to the mean which is small cap cap does better than large cap and value better than growth, and we're seeing it big time this year in the U.S. All right, how about international developed stocks, the the developed international countries? Well, market-wide, international developed stocks, just looking at large cap, they were up 2.75% on the year, a lot lower than the U.S., How did value do? Value was actually up 7.39%. So way better than just the large cap. And how did small cap do? 4.32%. So both value and small premium has has existed in international markets this year as well. How did growth do? Negative. Negative 1.87%. All right, how about emerging markets? Here we see a little bit of a mix. So large cap was up 11.19%. Pretty weird since at a, like the end of the second quarter, emerging was up almost 20%. Then it started taking a dive, mostly because of this currency, these currencies weakening over the US dollar. But value compared to that 11.19% uh, did 14.9%, much better almost four percentage points better than large cap, which is huge, and growth lagged at 7.59%. However, what about small? Did small beat large in emergings? They did not. Again, large cap was 11%, small cap 2.28%, lagged it tremendously, Does that mean we jump out of small cap in emerging markets? Absolutely not. It means that we didn't didn't see the expected premium this year. That does not mean, or last year I should say, that does not mean we won't see it this year and next year. And we know when we hold portfolios for a long period of time that we have the best chance to capture all of these premiums. The best thing that we can do is stay disciplined in our mix so we stick around when these premiums start coming in because when they come in man they really do come in but how bad would it be if you got out of the asset class right now and then you weren't there for the premium you took all this risk but then you didn't stick around for the reward that's what we want to make sure doesn't happen all right, let's look at the top three and bottom three countries. First in developed, which includes the U.S., and then in emerging markets. So the number one developed country this year as far as return, Canada, 25.4%. Number two, Norway, 1696 And number three, the U.S. of A., 11.95%. Bottom three, Italy, Negative 11.32, Denmark negative 13.72, and Israel negative 16.98. Big difference between Canada up 25 and Israel down 16. Let's just make sure we hold a diversified portfolio with all of these countries represented just in a market weight type percentage. What about emerging markets? How did they do? Well, the top three did unbelievably good. Brazil, number one, up 66.1%. Wow, that's awesome. Russia, number two, up 56.95%. Peru, number three, up 55.61%. What about the bottom three? Well, the third worst, Greece, negative 8.76. Mexico, negative 9.31. And Egypt, worst country of all, emerging and developed at negative 19.3%. And I don't want to spend any time on this, really, but I want you to click on the report at bestinwealth.com because this will show you the performance of each currency versus the U.S. dollar. And you'll see, especially in, inside of some of these countries, that the U.S. performs so much better than some of these others. But I do want to spend a quick minute on real estate because real estate was the darling of all darlings at the end of the first quarter. There was a point in time this year when real estate REITs, which is real estate investment trusts, were up about 20% or more as well. And then, I don't know what happened, but they started faltering. They started going down. And by the end of the year, US rates were, the U.S. REITs were still positive at 6.68%. Global was up as well, but only 3.12%. A far, far cry from where they were at the beginning or at the end of the first quarter and end of the first five months of 2016 so you might ask the question Scott you know nice information lots of numbers but what am I supposed to do with these numbers well the numbers that I gave you were benchmarks for all of these asset classes and I do not encourage you to be looking at your investments every day or even every week, or you'll go crazy with the with the ups and downs. But what I do want you to do is at least look at your portfolio once a year and look at how your mutual funds are doing compared to these benchmarks. Because if you're really underperforming these benchmarks, it's time to take a good look at what you're doing with your investments. Because even A 1% difference or 2% difference in your overall investing life can mean hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars that you're missing out on. And as a family steward, and, and as someone who wants to build wealth, don't you want to get there sooner rather than later? Don't you want to make sure that you are protecting your family as a family steward in the best possible way. And one of the ways is to make sure that you are invested correctly. And you know, investing is not the most difficult thing in the world, but it does get confusing. If you are underperforming, I want you to send me an email, Scott at and I want to take a look at your portfolio under the X ray and see where you might possibly be able to rearrange some things. If you have any questions about this or anything else, I want you to email me, Scott at I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope that you will continue to listen through 2017 where we're going to talk about a ton of different topics that are going to help you build wealth. But for now, I have to go. And you know what? I hope everybody has a great week, a great couple of weeks, and I will see you where? On the flip side. Take care. Bye-bye.